Hey, thank you for joining us for another episode, or joining me for that matter, since there's no us, it's just me, for another episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm Neil Parks, your host. I'm an award-winning author, artist, historian, researcher, and paranormal investigator. I'm actually a veteran of the field. I've been doing this type of thing since the age of 11, and I'm 44 now, so I've been in the game for a while. Is Bigfoot to be trusted? Today I'm going to be discussing our bipedal blood brethren line. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Skunk Ape, Yowl, whatever you prefer to call him, Abominable Snowman. I'm going to be sharing a couple of stories, one pertaining to um, an incident that took place where nine hikers were savagely beaten and brutalized and murdered by some giant beast creature while hiking. And this happened in the 1960s. And there's many theories around that it was Yeti that did it. Now, why on earth Yeti would go after nine hikers and brutally murder them is beyond me. But I'll also be discussing stories of where Sasquatch has really jumped in there and helped out the little guy and saved people, children, animals, whatever. On today's episode of Paranormally Speaking... A Russian doctor suggests that Yeti could have killed a group of hikers. One of the more fantastic theories for what may have caused the infamous pass incident is getting another look thanks to a Russian doctor who says that a Yeti could have caused the tragic event. Over the last 60 years, historians and armchair researchers have offered no shortage of possible explanations for what could have killed nine hikers in the Ural Mountains back in 1959. Although ideas such as an avalanche or a weapons test gone awry are usually treated as plausible, the proverbial snowman hypothesis has been largely dismissed as merely an example of just how outlandish the speculation can sometimes get. However, a fascinating new investigation by a Russian media outlet explores the often derided idea that a Siberian Sasquatch could have somehow led to the hiking party's mysterious demise. The surprisingly lengthy piece was inspired by the musings of what the outlet calls an eminent doctor, who postulated that the rib injuries sustained by two of the dead hikers were the result of a large creature squeezing their chest in a manner similar to an adult inadvertently hurting a child by embracing them with too much force. Alas, it is entirely understandable, considering the allegedly renowned doctor opted not to reveal his name for fear of being ridiculed. Nonetheless, this bold assertion that Bigfoot might be to blame for the incident apparently led reporters to look into such a scenario, and in turn, they uncovered several fascinating witness accounts of a Sasquatch-like creature known as Kampolan lurking in the region. One such account came from a local historian who recalled camping in the Ural Mountains and discovering massive barefoot prints outside his tent in the morning as well as a tall tree nearby that inexplicably twisted into a spiral. Others recalled actually spotting the creatures and described them as one might expect tall, bipedal, and hairy. Quite a few residents from the region who were willing to share their knowledge of the Kampolan 
ascribed a number of almost supernatural abilities to these creatures, bearing an uncanny resemblance to the North American tales of Bigfoot. One individual noted that mysterious cryptids are close. The person experiences a hypnotic suggestion, which causes fear or even panic. Another witness described seeing the beast vanish before their eyes, as if they evaporated into thin air. Chillingly, several people <clears throat> blame the creature for mysterious disappearances in the area, and one even went as far as to share a classic challenging story in which a human baby was seemingly switched with that of a Kampolan. Although it is still seems highly unlikely that the past incident could have been caused by a Yeti encounter, the Kampolan accounts of the people in the region are rather fascinating, since a good number of the tales are almost certainly being shared with the world for the first time ever. And so we are probably... <clears throat> owe some gratitude to the mysterious doctor who dared to go there and in turn helped to unearth a slew of sensational and unheard of stories of the mysterious Sasquatch-like creature said to lurk in the mountains of Siberia. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Are the giants really among us? Did they ever leave? Where did they go? The Nephilim Chronicles, Fallen Angels in the Ohio Valley. Giant humans called the Nephilim once roamed the earth. The Nephilim Chronicles, Fallen Angels in the Ohio Valley documents the migration of the counted giants in the Bible known as the Amorites to North America. This blog, the Nephilim Chronicles, is dedicated to the historic documents that shows this mysterious chapter in the Bible, and actually that it's true. Fifty giant tombs were just recently discovered on the banks of the Ohio River and believed to be the King's Graveyard, as it was called. Corn Island is located at the southern bend of the Ohio River. It was flooded by the construction of the dam in the 1920s. The other cemetery contains the bones of 50 dead kings, or being referred to as kings. The tombs are made of rough, hewn stone, and the occupants were all men. Not one of was less than six and a half to seven feet high. They were buried in sitting posture, and their faces turned toward the rising sun, and their weapons must have been buried with them. Evidently, placed on their laps, according to reports. But the peculiar coincidence is that the left temple of each had been crushed in by some blunt instrument, whether it was as religious rite or a precaution against burying them alive is a matter of surmise. One would surmise that considering the writer who opened one of the graves with Professor Green, the eminent geologist and at one time state geologist of Indiana, believes it was a religious rite, 
The School of History of Kentucky says, when the first white settlers arrived at Louisville, they found piles of human skeletons on Corn Island, and some are found there now. To the early settlers, it appeared that there had been a great battle fought and that one tribe had been entirely wiped out. All of the skeletons were those of people of medium stature, save one, that of a man, and he must have been seven feet tall, according to the reports. On the banks of the falls to this day are found to be found thousands of Indian arrows and spearheads with an occasional battle axe. And once a stone owl was found that had probably been fashioned by one of the prehistoric people at that time. The description represents the concrete facts and is the cooperative evidence of the weird tale told by Mrs. Kelly and her ancestors and their mystic chant of the vanishing of a strange race of people. The story had better be given in her own words to the writer of this narrative. Valentine Kelly, who was a spiritualist, told the writer that he was once standing on a shed near the royal tombs when a gigantic white man with yellow hair peered in at the window. He said he saw him as clear as he could, for it was broad daylight and he could not have made a mistake. However, Mr. Kelly was a firm believer in ghosts and hobgoblins, and it may be that he did not actually see yellow hair, but he believed to be the time of his death he had seen him. He permitted Professor Green and the writer to open two of the graves on his farm, but stopped further evacuating, excavating, sorry, as he said the scientist would soon dig up the best part of his farm if he permitted them to do so. But there were originally 50 of the tombs and now more than 40 remain. The high water washed away some of them, and two were opened by men. One of the best-known archaeologists of Indiana, Dr. W.F. Work of Charlestown, Indiana, found seven similar stones 13 miles from the scene, and he noticed that the left temple of each dead man was crushed in, and that the bones of those were men of gigantic stature. Dr. Work spent much time in exploring the habitations of the cliff dwellers of Arizona and was written has written much on the subject. He believes yellow hair people were the Mandan Indians. Orlando Hobbs, also an archaeologist authority of Indiana and a man known widely for his learning and research, holds this opinion as well. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet.
India's military claim photos are footprints of the mysterious and mythical Yeti. The military members found the tracks near a base camp. Because the tracks have been seen by such a large number of soldiers, they then tweeted the image out of to their some 6 million followers, sparking both interest and ridicule. The Yeti is a creature said to be related to North America's Sasquatch, also known as Bigfoot. The footprints of the mythical beast are measuring up to 32 by 15 inches close to the Makalu base camp on the 9th of April 2019. This elusive snowman has only been sighted at Makalu Baron National Park in the past. Samples of items found long ago in the Himalayan mountains have been tested with one item found to be a finger bone of a normal human and some hair turned out to be from an extinct polar bear. Experts and researchers have a theory in regards to Bigfoot. They are saying that the bear that saved a lost child about a half a year ago may have in fact been a Sasquatch. When three-year-old Casey Hathaway was found by rescuers last week after two nights lost in the freezing cold woods of North Carolina, he had a very simple explanation to give as to how he survived. A bear helped him, as his aunt Brianna Hathaway posted to Facebook. Casey is healthy, smiling, and talking. He said he hung out with a bear for two days. God sent him a friend to keep him safe. God is a good God. Miracles do happen. While obviously extremely cool if true, this seems unlikely, as bear researcher Chris Servheen from University of Montana states. He says, I've never known such a thing to happen. Bears don't do that. We can all agree that it is surely miraculous that little Casey survived, but we must also all agree that it is pretty unlikely that it was the friendship of a bear that allowed him to survive. Luckily, there is a very simple, very plausible explanation for how he managed to survive. Bigfoot. The canny enthusiasts of the Bigfoot community didn't miss a trick and very quickly ascertained that the story about a magical bear was actually probably a story about the world's most famous wood ape. From the website of paranormal radio show Spaced Out Radio states, Casey said he spent two days hanging out with a bear. A bear, mind you. For the record, bears hibernate in the cold months of winter, and there are no reports available of bears coming out of hibernation to tend to lost children. However, also on record are many reports of Bigfoot helping lost children through the ages. The complications of Bigfoot stories include a myriad of experiences where Bigfoot intervened in a lost child's plight and helped him survive. So did Casey Hathaway spend two days with a bear, or did he spend two days with Bigfoot? Could this big furry creature, who many believe is just mythical, have cared for and kept alive for two days in freezing weather a three-year-old toddler who wandered off and got himself in a perilous situation? Some may doubt such a thing, however, in the light of what we know about bears in winter and Bigfoot's documented interaction with other children, I'm going to say it was Bigfoot.
Here's the $10 million question. Did U.S. Special Forces kill a giant in Kandahar? Several conspiracy theory-oriented websites are claiming a biblical giant, much like Goliath, with flaming red hair, was killed by U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. United States Special Forces allegedly killed this giant in Kandahar in 2002, and the government has been trying to cover it up, according to these sources. Several personalities and websites dedicated to discussing supernatural myths and conspiracy theories began claiming in 2016 that an American Special Forces soldier serving in Kandahar, Afghanistan, was killed in 2002 by a 1,100-pound, blade-wielding, 12-foot-tall giant equal or equivalent to the Old Testament times before the giant itself was taken down by the military. A Department of Defense spokesperson told them they had no record of such an incident. And I quote, We do not have any record or information about a special forces member killed by a giant in Kandahar. Current interest in the story appears to have been generated from a video created by L.A. Maruzili, an author, blogger, and filmmaker determined to link modern times with biblical creatures and prophecies. On the 13th of August, 2016, he posted an episode on YouTube of his series, Watchers, in which he claims to interview a military contractor or soldier who witnessed the blade-wielding giant on Kandahar. (coughs) kill another soldier before being downed by troops, whisked away by a transport aircraft and hidden away from public view. Marzuli makes the case that the giant was a Nephilim, which were described in the book of Genesis as offspring of gods and human women who inhabited Canaan in the time of the Israelite conquest. But when it comes down to details, he's vague saying he interviewed the unnamed man at an undisclosed location on an unknown date. The interviewee, who he claims shot and killed the giant, doesn't give any details on the location of the alleged incident, other than to say it was a remote location in Afghanistan in 2002. He claims that he and others were sent to look for a missing patrol when they saw a scarlet-haired giant emerge from a cave and skewer one of their friends who he called Dan, with a large blade. In the Army statement, it's sufficient, isn't sufficient. The only service member with the first name Dan, or Daniel, who died in Kandahar in 2002, was killed along with three others in an accident involving the clearing and disposal of explosives. There are no incidents on the Department of Defense press release page in which all military casualties are listed, involving a giant, likewise, There are no reports of an entire patrol disappearing in Afghanistan at that time either. Marzulli's video about the alleged giant incident, replete and growling animation, can be seen on the website provided. Monster.fandom.com That's monster.fandom.com Paranormal. The word paranormal denotes experiences that are outside the norm and beyond scientific explanation. Even so, these events from supernatural phenomena to extrasensory perception to ghosts, aliens, and UFOs take on a life of their own in pop culture. 
That's where live science comes in. The reporters dig into the latest paranormal news to debunk and even explain the science of what's really causing these seemingly supernatural. Related topics to this, that being aliens, religion, life's little mysteries, so on and so forth. Live science is an excellent resource to go through. Now there's a theory I've had for years. I've shared with many people. Some think it's a brilliant idea. Others think I'm completely cracked. But what if Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Skunk Ape, Yowl are all either a missing link directly connected to Goliath from the Old Testament? Or what if such a creature is actually a descendant of Goliath and a human hybrid, maybe not necessarily a celestial being mixing with a creature such as a Nephilim or a giant, but a humanoid mixing with such a giant, creating the offspring, almost like a, like a Mongol of some sort, or a Mongoloid, I should say, not a Mongol. Like a half-breed creature such as that, fully covered in hair. Uh, there are some people who've thought for years that maybe the Bigfoot creature is just a crazed hippie left over from a bygone era, a hermit living in the woods that decided to let his hair grow, and genetically, his offspring continues to do the same. But then that doesn't explain why they are in excess of about 13 feet tall. Some 9 feet tall, uh, 7 to 9 feet tall. It depends on what part of the world you're from. And they vary in size and shapes, of course. Uh, colors of fur, you've got brown, you have uh, some with a red tinge, some with uh, black fur. And a lot of trail cams lately have been picking up creatures such as this. Uh, it's not bears. Um, you can definitely tell the difference between the way a bear walks on its hind legs versus the way some sort of a humanoid bipedal creature that is designed to walk on its hind legs naturally looks compared to the way a bear walks around on its hind legs. We may never know. And the fact of the matter is, the world we live in there's a large part of the world itself that's virtually unexplored. We only know no more than 15% of our own oceans on this planet we live on. And we know more about space that surrounds our planet and space in the outer realms than we do about our own home. Uh, there's caving systems that are unmapped, uncharted, unmanned uh, within our planet that God knows what lives down there or what it leads to. And not only that, but I think we've only thoroughly discovered and cataloged about 40% of all marine life that lives in the oceans. So that in itself gives me hope that something is living within our wilderness that follows a migratory pattern, doesn't stay anywhere for too long. You always find the remnants of where it once was. You always find footprints. It's always on the move. It has to be. The human race in the 21st century were ever-expanding. But there's parts of the U.S. that are virtually uninhabited, not because of a hostile environment, but because people just flat out don't live there. Now you've got all these states within the West where you can drive for miles and miles, almost an entire day, before you see another house, farm, gas station, or even Amish by horse and buggy. It's... Inconceivable if you've not 
traveled those distances, traveled those roads. Until you do, you really see how large the world is and how much land there is that's not really been scraped by human hands or touched by human feet. Imagine what non-human creatures are touching and scraping that land that we don't see, that we don't know, that we don't fully understand. Science hasn't accepted. Regions within the jungles of South America, the Congo and Africa, there are things living in there that we'll never see in our lifetime, we'll never find, never discover. But every week we hear about new discoveries of strange marine life or some kind of a butterfly or a type of mountain lion or a jaguar that was thought to be extinct. And then boom, there it is. Where has it been this whole time? Hiding. There's parts in Africa where people live side by side with elephants, but they may never see an elephant. They know it's there. They hear it. They see the markings of an elephant, the footprints of an elephant, but elephants follow a migratory pattern and they don't stay anywhere for too long either, mainly because of poachers. So it's in their nature to keep moving. So you may never see an elephant, even though you live side by side with these. And for myself, I live in the Midwest and I see deer all the time, but there's also times where the deer are right there and I don't see them. And it's completely possible for something bipedal, like Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Yowie, Skunk Abe, whatever culture decides to name it, whatever, that they do in fact exist side by side with us, whether we see them or not. Thanks for listening today. Have a great rest of the week, a wonderful weekend. And next time I'll have more cool stuff to talk about, maybe a little more in depth, uh, maybe an actual reading from one of my books or a special guest. You never know what I have cooked up. Till then.